And there is one state in the Union which has never had a single NBA player. Does anybody want to take a guess? Hello, everybody, and welcome to the newest episode of the You Thought Sports Podcast. Today is a special day because I am joined not only by our usual cohort, Lucas, Jared, Aiden, and Wyatt, but also by a friend of the pod, Jack DeBlasi. How are you doing today, Jack? What's good? Happy to be here. Happy to How's have everybody you. doing? Doing great. Fantastic. As always. Fantastic. <laughs> 11 out of 10. 11 out of 10. So before we dive in, uh, we've been doing news roundups recently for the past few episodes, so just wanted to hit on a couple things. Uh, a couple cool NBA points that I wanted to mention. One is that uh, in the past 25 seasons, there have been nine comebacks by teams down by five plus in the last 10 seconds. And two of those comebacks were in the past week. One was the <laughs> Damian Lillard three-pointer, one was the Russell Westbrook uh, buzzer beater as well. So those were exciting. Uh, and the Jazz also lost their 11-game win streak, which propelled them to second place in the league. So that's a bit of a downer, but uh, good for the Nuggets. And maybe the most exciting one, EA Sports announced recently that they will be coming back with the college football video game of theirs. But apparently they're rebranding it to EA Sports College Football, which is <laughs> gotcha. underwhelming. I'll but. take it. Yeah. So that's Agree. that. <laughs> Probably the biggest news, though, indeed, is as I mentioned, we have Jack today. So let's just dive right into this, Jack. We know that you are a, a Houston um, res or ex-resident, I guess. So we, we wanted to talk with you about some of the recent Houston sports news. Yeah, it's definitely best to be a Houston fan that doesn't live in Houston. <laughs> um, yeah, man. I, I, I was talking with Jared. I said, hey, if you guys want to get the, uh, the inside view of what it's like to deal with this. From all angles, um, I would be happy to chat and keep it positive, but but happy to chat. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I mean, what is there to say? Yeah, I mean, I'm curious about your. Let's start with the Texans. Texans talk. How do you feel about the the coaching hire and about the whole Deshaun Watson saga? Yeah, no. I well, I listened to what you guys said a couple weeks ago when you guys were were recapping. Um, you know, your conversations about Deshaun. I mean, I felt like, I mean, I was texting my, my dad and my brother like three months ago and was like, Deshaun Watson is about to pull an Anthony Davis. This is going to be the pre-agency, <laughs> like, I'm out. It was just it was too much. Um, I listened to an interview uh, with his QB coach last year, just asking him, like, what was it like when Deshaun found out about DeAndre Hopkins? <laughs> And Bill O'Brien, you know, despite all his like failures as a general manager, I actually think is a good coach. And I think it was him saying like, you know what, I can still get this done with Will Fuller, whatever wide receiver you 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 want to let me have. We're going to pay this guy big money, which they did in September. So I mean, I I don't like the return for for DeAndre Hopkins, but I do understand a little bit of that. But um, I mean, I guess from here we're just at rock bottom. And it's okay. We've, you know, there's so much to be thankful for in life. I think everybody feels that way after this past year. Like, you know, you just, what are, what are you going to do? We're definitely the Browns now of the South. Um, I mean, this, this guy, Easterby, seems to be like, um, did you guys see Wild Wild Country on Netflix? About the, yes. It's about like the, the cult in Oregon. Yes, I this is kind of like the the Rasha, whatever his name is, the, the guy who just was like, 
he had this whole way of thinking because apparently culturally the the team in the organization it's like it's 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 a cult is how it's been described and um <laughs> yeah it's it's not looking good hopefully we can get a return you know like hopefully right you want to get more than what they what the rams paid for stafford yeah, definitely. But then, then there's the response to that move, which is, did they overpay? And then maybe if everybody just feels like they overpaid, well, then maybe they shouldn't pay more than what they paid for Stafford. So maybe a Stafford size haul is what's in order: two, two firsts, a second, um, and, I, and a shot at one of these guys, Fields, Fields, or um, what's his name in, at uh, Clemson. So yeah, I mean, I, I guess I mean that won't happen, right? Yeah. Because he's going to the Jags, yeah. But like, yeah. as far as the two pick, yeah. you know, we'll see. Or is that Zach Wilson yeah. even? Hey, yeah. No, it, it does really feel like the Stafford trade kind of raised the the ask. You know, the Texans' first oh, yeah. line when they get a trade proposal will be like, "Hey, like, you know, Matt Stafford went for that. You know, what is Deshaun Watson going to go for? You know, a twenty what twenty five year old QB who's you know going to be entering his prime? Like, yeah, they can ask for a lot." <laughs> It's funny because Dabo Swinney called him the Michael Jordan of the draft, and then it's like, well, actually, that's Patrick Mahomes. But he's he's just like there's there's only a couple other people that that even rival you know his value. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I think it's definitely more likely that there there's no way they're gonna get appropriate value for Watson, like because of yeah. how generational yeah. he is. Honestly, mm-hmm. I think. I think teams care way too much about their draft picks in the NFL. In other sports, <laughs> they don't care at all. Like like Anthony Davis, for example. Do the Lakers care about any of those three first-rounders or the three players they gave to the Pelicans? They don't. They got a championship out of it. So I, I think you got to unload the farm system. If you're, if you're another team looking for Watson, I think he's worth like four first-rounders, to be honest. I know most teams aren't going to do that. But when you, look at, when you really look at it, Jamal Adams was two first-round picks. Jalen Ramsey was two first-round picks. Yeah. Watson's got to be at least equal to, to those two, yeah. I would think. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I, I, I think yeah. it's kind of baffling how I do hope – I would love to see, like, a Herschel Walker-type trade where there's, like, six <laughs> players or five players Just, or whatever yeah, and six yeah. picks. But, but I, the problem with that, that is we all know what happened from that, and it was the Cowboys yeah. benefiting so greatly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. I mean, obviously – Here's the thing in Houston, even though I'm not down there, we're not going to get what he's worth. Like, not even close. We'll probably get one first rounder. You know, like, <laughs> like seriously, like, they're just going to... And he and I think, I, I saw something today, a buddy of mine sent me an SI article about him, you know, being willing to sit out. Totally believe it. I just looked at his spot track. Guy's 25. He's made $44 million. He had a $27 million signing bonus last year. Tom Brady says you can play till you're 45. So be it. Like, yeah. I don't care. Like, he's got way more leverage than Le'Veon Bell did. Yeah. That's the, that's my that's another question I have is if you're that if you're if you're the Texans front office, do you let it go to a holdout or do you just say okay, our time's up? Well, is it a, is, is this a would would you or should you or like will they or or should they? Uh, both. How about that? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Should they let it hit the wall? I think so. I think you go two, three games into the season. Who knows? Maybe the Saints defense is like, hey, all we need is somebody a little bit better than Taysom Hill. You know, Jameis isn't going to work. Like, who you name the team that's like, okay, the Bears. The Bears won't pay now. Maybe. We'll see. 
But four games in, six games in, I don't know. Maybe the price definitely goes up when there's a win now, you know, sort of momentum going on. So, like, that's what I think they should do is just wait them out. They've got nothing to lose by just going 0-4 or 0-6 if he sits the first <laughs> six games. We're not expecting that much better anyway. As far as like what will they do, we'll we'll see. I it's like I'm scared to even hypothesize, <laughs> but I think it'll probably be I think it'll probably be a one first rounder, like two second rounders, and um, you know maybe somebody like Tua. Like I, that, maybe that's what happens. Is it's like they trade the Dolphins, they get Tua, they don't get as many firsts as they would want. I don't know. That's probably the best yeah, case yeah. scenario that they could pull off. Are you happy with that deal at the end of the day, even that, if that is like the best case scenario? I mean, I'm not happy, but like my heart's been torn out, my heart's been eaten, and and this is coming from all angles because I'm not the biggest baseball fan, but at least we had that, and now we don't. And then the, and then the Rockets came so close, so so long, and that was amazing, but it was also heartbreaking. Uh, and then you know now with with this team, you know, like you guys said a couple weeks ago, we're like 55 weeks removed from them being up 21 nothing in the divisional round Mm -hmm. with a coach who's like never like who's who's won the division four of six years who you know there's like there were so many things going on you know hopkins was there like so much was happening last year that was positive it's it's incredible i mean it speaks so much to the pair of the nfl what can happen right yeah yeah Yeah, it really it really just felt like they were gonna like not you know maybe compete with the chiefs every year but kind of beat that top team along with the chiefs you know the team that no, was you know, probably didn't. making it i think i thought no they were, no, no, were going to be let's let's be real the texans were never that good i never actually believed what? that the texans were that good no deshaun watson is a good player but when you look at the team and the way that they were set up they traded two first round picks for laramie tunzel they let Jadavian Clowney go for pretty much not much they let tyron matthew go i mean they were already on the way to a train wreck well before that. And I thought that that I didn't believe that that Texans team deserved to be in that position when that, when they came around to it. Describing Deshaun Watson as a good player a is like the player. ultimate he's undersell. My, he's my dark horse MVP. It's not like I disrespected the guy. I thought, yeah, he's look, he's, he's a great, he's a great quarterback, but he's, the yeah, Texans I think why it's right about everything that he said. Everything. Yeah, Wyatt hates the Texans. He hates Bill O'Brien, first off. Well, I never believe him as a Texas, fan. Given the Dallas and Houston hate, like, Wyatt is just not... Yeah, Wyatt just doesn't like Texas. Star State. Yeah. <laughs> well, we can, like, talk about hating Dallas all day. Uh, what? We, we I'm, I'm kind of a Cowboys fan, to be honest. Well, I mean, we can just, we can just fight. Like we'll just fight. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, look, they went all in when they traded for Tunzel. That was a huge move. It was like, we're going to win this year. And it was just like trying to put together really good squads when the Warriors dynasty was going on. It seemed pretty silly. And and the day they made that trade for Tunzel and they were like, we're going to try to win this year and we're going to put everything into this year. I mean, the Chiefs, it's incredible that the Bucs are making it like we don't really know what's going to happen. A lot of it has to do with those tackles being out or the tackle and the guard. But like... Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I never really believed like why even when they made these big moves that like this was their one and one opportunity like just leave it all on the table. It still felt like they were still a big gap away from the Chiefs and 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 other teams. Yeah, and if you just like watch the offense flow, if you, when you watch um, the Chiefs play, 
you're like, okay, you know what? That's sustainable. They're a good team. When you watch the Texans play, you're like, okay, that's Deshaun Watson. And then when you think about it, okay, it's also like, think about Russell Wilson too. Like it's, it, oh, yeah. it, 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 they kind of parallel each other where it's like, they're the team, they're the offense, they're what anything that makes the motor go. And uh, without them just being spectacular for 48 minutes or, or longer for an hour or so. And then for 17, 18, 19 games of the season, however long it goes for like, it's not, it's not possible. So I, I just like I can't get behind anything that the Texans do. I I wish them the best, but I mean at the end of the day, they're gonna screw up this Deshaun Watson trade. They're not gonna get eight first round picks or six first round picks. Um, so why? What do you think great. they'll get then? I look. Let's say let's say the Dolphins go in there. It really depends on the team. The Dolphins and the Jets. We know what they have going into this draft, and mm. there's no way that they walk away with both the first round picks. But. I think that they may get two first round picks and a player back in it um, or, you know, some sort of cap relief or something like that. But I, I don't believe three first round picks max. Maybe. I feel like they think that they're smarter than they actually are. And they're not going to believe they're not going to walk out with a haul. I, I think say. they would be yeah. dumb to accept anything worse than three picks. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I like there's no shocked. pressure. Like I, Jack was saying. Yeah. yeah. I would be shocked if, they made a trade for one or two first round picks. There's yeah. just no way. Like they're an incompetent franchise, yeah, but they know like they know the <laughs> at least, you know, the market that's been laid out over the past like couple weeks. Like there's no way that it's less than 3, and I feel like it's going to be 4. Yeah, and you make a good point too that it's been like over the last few weeks, it's not even like you could claim sort of like, you know, the market has changed, things are different. Like there was a move for a high-profile quarterback within the last yeah. few weeks. And at that point, like, I don't think anybody would argue that Matt Stafford has a higher upside at this point in his career than Deshaun Watson does. Wyatt might disagree with me because Matt <laughs> Stafford is a top 10 arm talent, as he likes to say. But yeah. it, I just, it would take a special level of incompetence beyond that of, like, even what the Texans have done so far to trade him for less than anything that they got for Stafford, regardless of the circumstances and Goff's contract and everything like that. I will say this though. Here's the one thing about the Stafford deal. If I am the Texans, I would not take a quarterback in return. I would t- rather have the opportunity to draft my own quarterback than to acquire, you know, Tua, who is damaged goods pretty much at this point. Like if if a team like <laughs> Tua or Whoa. Sam Darnold, I mean, but I, I mean, I say that Sam Darnold is damaged goods. I don't know about yeah, sure. Sam Darnold. Like, let's say, let's damaged, say they say yeah. we'll give you this, this, and this, and Sam Darnold, or this, this, and this, and Tua. Uh, and you have the option to acquire another young quarterback, yeah. I would rather just take on the opportunity to draft my own guy and screw it up on my own terms rather than bring in, <laughs> you know, but it's like, Tua or something like that. Is taking on, like, Sam Darnold, for example, like, that bad? I mean, he hasn't been extended, right? So, like, you're just dealing no, with them for, the like, world, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you just don't, like, you don't need to make him your franchise QB, I guess. <laughs> you know, but you, you also don't need the pressure to, yeah. to even play Sam Darnold or Tua at all because, I mean, if, if you don't believe in them, Unless you believe that Sam Darnold and Tua is your franchise guy, I mean, you, you might as well go and try to draft a Justin Fields or a Trey Lance or, you know, whoever you want to get at that point. Yeah. Yeah, but the question is, do you like? Are there any teams who have really good quarterbacks who you think might be willing to do a trade, like quarterbacks who are on the cusp of a Super Bowl window, something like that? Because I mean, in that case, you surely would not want to do a draft pick, right? I just yeah, don't. There's, think probably, there's not a quarterback out there though. 
Yeah, yeah it's just it's. I don't know. I do. I, T- Tua could have some sort of you know. Re- I, I, Tua maybe in the right situation could be good, but I I, I do think. I I don't know. It's just not going to be good. It's just not going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. Rebuilds are tough. That's for sure. I mean, if they got a few picks out of it, and if they were able to take a young quarterback, that'd be pretty. Like that'd be pretty. A pretty great like foothold to to start rebuilding with. It's just amazing because when we drafted him, we never ever made any decisions around quarterbacks. Like Brock Osweiler was like our biggest quarterback signing yeah. ever. Their franchise. And I, it was so bad, but at least we took a chance on somebody. Like at least we didn't just like take a sixth round Tom Savage sort of guy and try to make this work. And yeah. so then when we took when we took Watson, it was like it just makes me think like every team should just use every first round pick on quarterbacks. Because if there's like 10 quarterbacks and five that year are good, you just want to hit that lottery number or hit that lottery ticket. Like, so yeah, I, I'm with Wyatt. Like, in the sense that the more QBs you can just have within your organization to see if they work out, the better. Yeah. I will say the interesting thing about this, though, and about bringing in a young QB is that they hired Dave Coley, right? Uh, who has never been a coordinator. He was the wide receivers coach the one year that's uh, on the Chiefs and the year that they never – or they didn't have a single wide receiver passing touchdown or catching touchdown. <laughs> oh, and then he, And then he was the passing game coordinator for the Ravens who also had the worst passing offense in the league last year. <laughs> so, I mean, I can't exactly say that he's going to be this mind that molds a young quarterback into stardom. The, yeah. Their best option would be to get a strong veteran – a Derek Carr, you know, a somebody like that, a Teddy Bridgewater, a Kirk Cousins, somebody like that who they can kind of let – they don't have to worry about. They kind of just say, you know, you go out and you do your thing. Uh, because if they if they try to rebuild their franchise from the ground up without a bridge quarterback, I think they're screwed. I, d- I think Derek Carr is the answer to Bart's question earlier, though. I did see that there like yeah. there's rumblings right now about that. That's probably one of your best, like, lock it in and, and make a championship run. But from that perspective, I don't really understand the Raiders on that because their offense was already like third best in the league, wasn't it? Points mm-hmm. wise, I don't. Like, in that particular case, yeah. how much does what Deshaun, does Deshaun Watson actually help you? But I guess that's an aside. Gruden just wants to pick his quarterback. He just he didn't get to. He inherited the guy. He wants to make his own choice. It's like a pride yeah. thing. Plus, they haven't made the playoffs at all either. Like, it's not they've mm-hmm. missed the playoffs the last three years that John Gruden has been there. He has to do something. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but he's defense. not <laughs> fixing a weakness by getting Watson. I mean, Watson is yeah, a better quarterback true. than Carr, but like, it's like going all in on offense and completely sacrificing your defense never works ever in the NFL. But it does so kind of seem like a John Gruden thing to do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, why is the yeah. Texans would you want? I, I I don't understand the argument of a of the Texans wanting a veteran QB. Like, I understand that yeah, they're bringing in a coach who is not known for his passing game. But like their their team that went what four and twelve with the a top three quarterback in the NFL, like why would they tr- even try to you know win at this point? Like I feel like if you're bringing in a Derek Carr, that's a move that you'd make if you're trying to at least somewhat you know contend for a playoff spot. No, it's they've got to be in real rebuild mode. But I don't even know if they want to stay afloat. I feel like they should just be in total You'd probably rebuild mode. They can't, yeah. They can't. They're such. They're too new of a franchise. They can't afford to, <laughs> to suck for the next five years. 
I don't think that's true. I know. No, I think that is true. If Jacksonville, they were going to move Jacksonville to London before they, <laughs> before they did everything. Like, they they Forgot are ready that. to revamp these franchises and they're less than 20 years old. Like, that's they're true. about 20 years old. They can't afford to suck for the next five years. You know, but like the Jacksonville Jaguars, their owner bought the team. Our owner inherited the team. And this is just the Knicks. It's the James Dolan situation. Yeah. And <laughs> they're just, somebody who did not deserve them owns them yep. doesn't really like, care that much or I, doesn't care as much as you think they should but like someone said earlier yeah. they think that they're smarter than everybody else and i guarantee yeah. they're all in their yeah. office right now like you know they're only hating on us because we lost they'd be loving of us they'd be loving <laughs> us if we won Exactly. We just got to figure some stuff out and we'll get under this. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like, like them in the long game, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, well we could we could probably talk about this for a while. I also wanted to ask you Jack about the Rockets. Let's let's segue over very smoothly to the NBA cuz I know lots of this has been going on with the Rockets as well, right? Since they traded mm-hmm. their two stars. What are your thoughts been on I mean the Rockets have kind of gotten good recently, right? So what do you think about all that? <laughs> I mean, we could just stop it there. <laughs> nah, they look good, right? The defense is is awesome uh, with Christian Wood on the floor. The offensive rating is is excellent. Um, our coach, he leaves the Mavs. The Mavs all of a sudden are awful. Maybe he's the secret sauce there. Uh, if you could just tell me that John Wall's knees are good and that his Achilles is fine, I'm I'm like okay, great. Once again, because the whole time we got to where we were. Going back like early 2000s, like through, throughout it all, from the time in the 90s that we were champs, we never tanked. We always competed. We always found good players at value. We always did innovative things. We, like, we kept it consistent. We never used that Sixers model. And here we are again. We got this wall, uh, wood. You got to name the first. You got to say wood first. <laughs> those are like the the i mean it's amazing it's it's awesome i think we're like locked into probably a six seed i think if john wall can stay healthy we can make noise in the playoffs our defense is right we'll see what happens we might end up trading pj tucker and losing some other core pieces but i mean that 41 million dollar deal for wood is looking so good i mean he must have like signers mm, remorse at home right now like <laughs> jeremy grant got paid twice as much as him yeah. You know, like Tyler Johnson a few years ago made more money than he did. He's incredible. So, yeah, I'm feeling great about it. Yeah, it makes the Pistons look really dumb, too, giving up on Christian Wood. And I think, do they sign one of the Plumleys, too, in his place? Which just looks <laughs> hor- horrific. <laughs> Jack, do you think that their improvement, um, as somebody who's only watched a few Rockets games this year, after Harden is due to the fact that he was just such a locker room cancer that he dragged the whole team down? Or do you think it's that now that Harden's gone, it like fills the void and like other people's games can sort of shine through more and they're just a better balanced team than they were? Yeah, I think like um, internally, it's definitely got to be a plus that there's nobody that's like late to the plane and wants to go to, you know, like wants to stay in LA and Phoenix a couple extra days just to like party. Like Mm -hmm. that's definitely good for the team. It is coming down hard here. I don't know if you guys are getting rained on. Like it is... Raining hard, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm. Uh, I think it can only be a plus that he's out. Also, that D'Antoni's gone, and that there's actually an interest in defense for the team. Um, as far as like him on the court, if that's an improvement, yeah. I mean, the offense is moving the ball. People are, you know, sharing, you know, sharing possessions. There's a real interest in in like all five people on the floor committing at all times. 
They also feel like, you know, they got slapped in the face by somebody saying they're not good enough. I need to go do a better team. So like, I mean, I don't think it's all just adrenaline though. I do think that like that D'Antoni, Harden, ISO ball, I think it works like in a game to game basis in the regular season and you can be a 65 win team playing that way. But when we get to the playoffs and they're watching everything that happens and they've played you a few nights in a row, it doesn't really work. Mm-hmm. We'll see that yeah, in Brooklyn think, this year too. Yeah, well, like you said, with Brooklyn, I don't think it's any accident that since the trade has happened, the Rockets have the best defensive rating in the league and the Nets have the worst defensive rating in the league. I, I, I don't think that there's any sort of coincidence there at all. And the Nets is actually more like quantifiable. Like I think you can just mm-hmm, say mm-hmm. it's simple as this: Harden's on the court. Like defense is a lot about just trying, and yeah. just it's just, it's just amazing. I, it's 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 pretty funny. We gave it a run with Harden. I didn't like that he just wanted out, but we weren't going to win, and it, it, you know time had run. So like, it's okay mm-hmm. on on that side for sure. And these guys look good and hungry. It's kind of funny to think about because, honestly, in the, in their primes, like Oladipo, Wall, and like Boogie Cousins could be like a pretty good big three. And like mm-hmm. Boogie Cousins is only like thirty. I'm not sure how old John Wall is, but like, and I, and Oladipo is one of my favorite players since since he was at Indiana. So, yeah, he's what, great. Do you think what what kind of comparison? I was thinking, could they potentially be like a 2018-19 Raptors team pre Kawhi, or or could they be the Raptors team with Kawhi potentially? I wonder if they're uh, if they're at that, that level or if they're yeah yeah maybe they're not like because well, who's the Kawhi right yeah that's that's the it, Oladipo would be the closest but yeah so like I if Oladipo's the DeRozan there or Wall's the DeRozan and you could make that swap mm-hmm. for a guy like Kawhi that would that would I actually do think that would put them like in the the semifinals finals playoff consideration for sure. If that kind of up, like, I mean, if you swapped out Oladipo for Bradley Beal, not going to happen. Don't have the assets. The, Tillman Fertitta's broke. His restaurant industry is like sunk this year. His casinos, <laughs> but uh, and he doesn't want to pay anybody. It's oh, I, I, it'll be interesting to see what happens during this off season. But um, yeah, if we could upgrade one of those positions and one of those guys, yeah, it, we have a really a good chance of making a huge leap forward. So how do you feel about, you mentioned earlier the, the fact that oh. they're not really rebuilding. Oh, sorry, why? Did you want to say something first? No, 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 you, you can go. You can go. <laughs> well, I, no, I'm just wondering, Jack, because like as a Wolves fan, I feel like it's like a constant rebuild and it gets annoying. How do you feel about the fact that they're probably like also not going to be championship caliber now, but they're also kind of like not in a super great position to improve that much? At least I think so. Well, I guess there's a difference, of course, in like we're not rebuilding and then like uh, we're not tanking. I mean, the tanking, they're, they're never going to tank is more what they've never done. That's more, you know, they're definitely in the rebuild mode. They're not in the, the tank mode. Raphael Stone is the GM. He takes over from Daryl Morey. I think he's doing a lot of smart stuff, just like with the wood signing and with kind of identifying that that wall has something left. Um, making a bet on a high upside player like Oladipo who just hasn't had the right... I mean, try to get like things right with your career coming off an injury like Oladipo had and then have the pandemic. It's, it's been, there's been some, a lot of interruptions and in staying healthy. They're making some smart moves. 
here's what I think is going on in Houston right now. I think that they're <laughs> they're watering their garden a little bit and they're letting their fruits kind of grow and ripe. And at some point they're gonna trade John Wall and they're gonna trade Boogie Cousins and they might keep Oladipo, but I think that they're actually just increasing the trade value of those guys so that way they can do what they did with Chris Paul in Oklahoma and just kind of ship them out for a couple first round picks. Mm. Um, oh, interesting. It, it might more just be a situation where like, oh, you know, look, we made the playoffs. Look, these guys are good because John Wall and Boogie Cousins, let's be honest, weren't exactly hot commodities coming into this year. Yeah. So were. it might just be a situation where like they're waiting for. Uh, Hornets team to be like, oh, maybe you know what? We need a Boogie Cousins and we'll trade you a first. People round pick always that's what we're Hornets missing. When like, I know. Like, I know. A superstar. I, they're, they're just the first team that popped in my head, but because uh, yeah, of Gordon I mean, Hayward, like, Wyatt hates Gordon Hayward. So no, he's just not with the max contract anymore. <laughs> but or ever or ever. But I mean, I think that might be the situation that's going yeah. on there, where maybe like a team or let's let's say Utah wants to trade for John Wall at some point. You know, to, to try to hopefully get over the hump. It might be worth it. I mean, this is a long game. And I then definitely agree with the next year or, or two years. Yeah. I definitely think that the stock is up for a lot of players in the Rockets compared to the beginning of the year. Oh, yeah. And that can be nothing but good. And I guess I'll follow up that question with this. If the Rockets, since it's clear that they're not totally imploding, and if they make the playoffs this year, do you think that that mm. harms James Harden's legacy at all? that they didn't just absolutely just fall into an abyss, the basketball hell, I guess you will. Depends how the yeah, next I, Yeah, I like it. I like where you're going. I <laughs> definitely, I don't think it's going to be as obvious as like when KD left OKC and we just like saw what that exact same team was like without him. It's not quite that easy of a comparison. But yeah, I mean, I'm all about adding on all the highlights of reasons why James Harden's playoff performances I mean, he, he's had some ups and downs, I guess, is all I should say. They, they've gotten pretty far with him, and they made the Western Conference Finals a couple times. One, when it was like, wow, I can't believe this happened. He's a core part of that. But, yeah, I, I do think there's a lot of playoff legacy riding on his shoulders this year and next. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So the Nets might make a move if something doesn't happen this year or next year. Like, this is it. Like, 2021 or 2022, no ring for Harden indictments are, are coming in hard yeah easily i feel like it gets forgotten kind of easily that the like because the warriors ended up losing to the Cavs and they ended up giving up a 3-1 lead themselves the the, the rockets were one win away from making the finals i think it's pretty yeah. crazy yeah. Like harden's legacy would be so much different if not for that one like bloop if you will yeah he's had a, he's had his shots though he's had his opportunity yeah, the following yeah, year they all those guys were out couldn't take advantage like well, we appreciated talking Houston sports with you, Jack. That was yeah, no, this uh, very is a good fun. time. I need to eat something. I need to eat something, and uh, it's been a pleasure to chat with all y'all. <laughs> yeah, it was fun to get your perspective. Yeah, yeah. Anytime, uh, maybe maybe we can reconnect if something drops. But for now, you guys have a good rest of your conversation. It's been a pleasure having me having me here. Thanks, Jack. Thanks, Thanks for coming, yeah. Thanks, Jack. Thanks, Jack. <laughs> Bye, guys. All right, let's let's transition back on over to the NFL. The biggest news of this past week was probably the Rams Lions trade. The Rams made me eat my words. They easily <laughs> got rid of Jared Goff when I said that they were basically stuck with him like yeah, two yeah. or three weeks ago, I think. Yeah. Plus they got a bunch of picks, or I'm sorry, they got rid of a bunch of picks just to just to acquire Matt Stafford in a quarterback swap with the Lions. So Wyatt, let me turn it to you. Who do you think won this trade? And do you actually think it makes the Rams any more of a contender than they were? 
they're both winners and i think it's a cop-out answer but the lions if i were to give an edge the lions actually were the ones that come out a little bit more on top anytime you acquire two first round picks you're going to be in a better spot and the hope for the lions is that they'll be more competitive by the time those two first round picks actually come around because they're the yeah. rams current first round picks are going to the jaguars so 2021 and 22. <clears throat> so by the time 23 and 24 comes around the lions are hopefully so full of kneecaps that they need to bring in new talent to kind of chew off the rest of them. The Rams also got a lot better. I think that there, there are three teams in the NFL right now that run the Shanahan offense, technically four because the Titans are one of them. But the 49ers, obviously, with Kyle Shanahan. The Rams run the Shanahan offense with Sean McVay. And the Packers run the Shanahan offense in Green Bay. Uh, with Matt LaFleur. And Sean McVay has been owned by the 49ers every year the last yeah. couple of years. Kyle Shanahan has had his number. And he's also watched his same offense uh, make it to the NFC Championship the last two years in Green Bay. So they they had to make a change. They were really going nowhere with Jared Goff. Um, and I think when you look at what the Packers did, you can see what uh, you can really do with that offense with a more capable arm talent type quarterback. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that Matt Stafford is as good as Aaron Rodgers, of course. But I think that they have a legitimate chance to actually win a Super Bowl within the next couple of years. However, I will say it with this caveat. I've been very high on Matthew Stafford the last couple of, of weeks. On oh, it. no. Are you going to pump the brakes on it now? <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> if they now that it's real, not a hypothetical. If they don't sorry. win their division, I'm going to take him out of my top 10 quarterback arm talents. They have to at least like 5, win their division. 40 touchdowns yeah. anyway. Top quarterback arm talents. <laughs> he, I mean, he is he's, he's the list we all keep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, is that I just who could throw it the farthest? Like, or, like are we? He's, he's a talented quarterback. Of, one of the yeah. talented quarterbacks. <laughs> he's not one of the best because he because he played in the worst franchise in NFL history. But, That's true. That is true. But I will say I, he has to he has to now overcome the stat Padford kind of nickname that he's had where he just. Runs up his score, yeah. That's funny, you know, every week, but yeah, but uh, yeah, I think, I think like that with the Rams, he's in a great position now to oh, actually yeah. look good and yeah. do well. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. prove I think, you and me right. Mm-hmm. I think you're a little <laughs> bullish though on the, the Lions in this deal, they took on one of the worst contracts in the league. Mm-hmm. I don't, well, uh, I don't know. And yeah. then the, the picks are far down the line. You, I could see a scenario in which even. At that point, like if the Rams could be competitive with Jared Goff, even if Stafford is out by 23-24, they can get a competent enough quarterback to sort of plug in there. And then you have two bottom first-round picks. You have a bloated contract at quarterback, and the Lions already are, you know, don't have the best reputation as an organization to build talent around Mm. their quarterbacks. And I don't know if you want to build your offense and your franchise around Jared Goff. I think we've seen that that's failed with the Rams and – the Lions, I think, are in a worse position to do that. It's interesting, it's, though. Yeah. I think I think there, there's so much branding going on with McVeigh. By the way, like building a brand going on with McVeigh. Because think about this: Sal Palantonio brought this up on ESPN. Like, so all all Sean McVeigh did was make it to a Super Bowl, and he scored three points. Doug Peterson, on the other hand, won a Super Bowl, King. and. And then what did the Eagles decide to do? They said, we're getting rid of you. The Rams are like, no, we want McVay, not the quarterback. The Eagles say we want the quarterback, not the coach. Which I just think the McVay brand, because of how like he popped onto the scene, is like really is like muddling people's opinions on him potentially. I kind I, I think that McVay's job is very much tied to how well this goes. 
Yeah. It's very much well yeah. tied. My, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. No. But my concern is the Rams becoming the Seahawks in terms of a team yeah. that, like, mm-hmm. just, like, well, no. trades away their first-round picks year They're after year. Yeah, I mean, the Seahawks were very good several years ago, but they haven't had a... Like, they have, like, mortgaged their future. Sure. They did that but for the, years, and the, the Rams, Rams have done that have now. the best player in the league in Aaron Donald. Yeah, but do you think that's going to carry them to a Super Bowl? I mean, no, they, they're going to, by the, the 2023 game. season, they're not going to have a, like, they're... They would have gone, I think well, it's six or seven years without a first-round pick. Like, I feel that's a problem. You can easily argue yeah. that Russell Wilson does more for the Seahawks than Aaron Donald does for the Rams. So yeah. I don't think it's yeah, that black and white. Sure, but let's say that, I mean, they have Jalen Ramsey, who's probably the best corner in the NFL. You could make a case for that, right? And then you have Aaron Donald, who is the best player, let alone the best, especially the best defensive player in the league. Uh, I mean... As far as being a Seahawk and you know going into that Seahawk category, they're much better than that. The Seahawks, the Seahawks, but like seven, like six, seven years ago, had a ridiculous defense. That was their mo. Yeah, That's yeah. why they went all in on the first round picks. Why they traded them all away. They were like, "This is our time to win. We have a good quarterback. We have a serious defense." And then over the past couple of years, they've gotten bad because they like don't have young talent. They haven't really adapted, and yeah, they're not they bad, you know. Yeah, they want a Super so Bowl. So if the Rams won a Super Bowl, win a Super Bowl, it'll be worth it. Exactly. I mean, the, exactly. I I don't agree necessarily with the Seahawks Rams like comparison and everything, but or I I agree that the the mm-hmm. Rams kind of are in a Seahawks position where they like they were really good, and th- yeah, that's the thing about like hoarding draft picks and everything. I, again, I bring this up a lot. Con Coward talks about this on the show. Is like everybody everybody talks about oh look at all the look at all the draft picks that the Patriots hoard, but they have no good players. Like who care? I I think, who cares if you have seven winning seasons and like two division titles, but you didn't make get a Super Bowl? Nobody cares. I would ra- I would rather if I were owner, I would want one Super Bowl and eight losing seasons. If it meant I got one Super Bowl out of it, any player would want that as well. I think. And plus, so who cares Rams, about giving up the farm? The, I think the Rams, you should. I like that the Rams do that. Personally. The Rams believe that those two picks are going to be picked twenty eight and up. Exactly. Twenty eight, twenty nine. Yeah. 30, 31, 32. That's I mean, good point. if the Rams win a Super Bowl, what do they need the 32nd pick for? They don't exactly. need to add any more rookie talent onto this team. right? I'd rather trade a first-round pick for Matt Stafford than try to draft another quarterback and see if maybe I hit. I'd rather trade a first-round pick for Jalen Ramsey, the best cornerback in the league, but you don't, th- you don't think that after you do that year after year, they did that with Brandon Cooks. They've done that with Jalen Ramsey. They're doing it now with Matt Stafford. Now, I don't even think this is a bad trade for the Rams, but I think this habit is not going to end well. I think over time you end up just depleting your talent. I understand well, that so the first round the picks Seahawks... aren't everything per se. And the Seahawks, the Seahawks started yeah. doing this after their – like this was a post-Super Bowl thing where they started trading away. I'm not talking about their Super Bowl win. Like well, they've been doing yeah, so that that's since the question, then. I guess is, do you think it didn't end well because they haven't – because they got one Super Bowl but they haven't won one since 2014 I think was the year? Does that mean it didn't end well? You know what I mean? Kind of. I, mean, I think yeah. they wasted like the potential for more Super okay. Bowls at that point because I think yeah. at some point there's a difference between winning now and mortgaging any – that's not the right way to frame it. There's a difference between like completely committing to one year versus committing to like four or five years. And I don't think necessarily committing to winning one year works that frequently or is enough of a risk-reward sort of scenario yeah. for you to always make the move. And I think that if – like, if I were a GM, and not that that'll ever happen, but, like, 
And if you get in that scenario where that you can idea. choose to have like a 90% chance to win a Super Bowl this that's too high. If you have like a 70% <laughs> chance to win a Super Bowl this year or a 50% chance each of the next five years, I'd take a 50% chance each of the next five years over the 70% chance next year. And I think what teams like the Seahawks do and what the teams like the Rams do is they take that little bit of an incremental chance to have a more Super Bowl and mortgage years two, three, four, five down the line in a way that they don't need to. And they'd be better suited to have a chance at a Super Bowl because there'd be a greater window of opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that think logic is the, yeah. I think that logic works if it's actually 50 and 70%, but it's not. It's okay. like winning a Super Bowl is just so hard. I, I it's just so hard to do. And like I said yeah, last week, we get so with Tom Brady making ten, we think, oh, it's so easy for stars to make it, but it's really not. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I, I get that logic, but it's just not. You'll never have a fifty percent chance, right? You okay. never have anything that close. They were not numbers, even like, though. <laughs> like they, it, it was. It was not meant to be like, oh, you will actually. I know. Have I know. It, they I were know, just numbers just for the sake of numbers. Yeah. But, and yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm I, just no. using it as well. But. Yeah. I just don't think this is the NBA where I think it's reasonable to trade away a bunch of first round picks for a star just because of how much mm-hmm. one player means. It just, like yeah, I don't think it it's. I don't think the, the NFL is that unless you're trading for Deshaun Watson to some extent. Like. Well, it depends. I mean, that's true. That depends on the team. Like. I said it. What do the Rams need first round rookie talent for? Uh, you know, if they're trying to win a Super Bowl in the next couple of years, the reason why they're not the Seahawks is because the Seahawks just don't draft first round picks very well. Right? The reason, like the true. Seahawks, yeah. will be like, oh well, we'll just draft another linebacker and another running back, and they have like fifteen of each position on their team. But the Rams just aren't the same case. Like it's, it, they're they're wildly. I I just think that the Rams have no business keeping all those picks the reason why a team like the jets may not want to trade two first round picks for matt stafford is because the jets aren't going anywhere right <laughs> but i agree with jared like i'd rather have one super bowl in eight losing seasons than just be above 500 for eight seasons you know yeah i just want to say too that we picked up on this story before most of the mainstream media did obviously <laughs> we got it from that fox game but big j journalism right there Yes. Call the New York Times. <laughs> Jared can get all those scoops. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, speaking of Super Bowl wins, let's talk nice. about the big Super Bowl <laughs> win that's coming up for either the Chiefs or the Bucks this week. It's finally come. Uh, I know we've all been waiting. So, uh, yeah, Jerry talked about this last week. Our personal records and our predictions don't really depend too much on the outcome of this week, but. We're still going to make predictions well, anyway. Well, Lucas and White, there's... Yeah, there's, that's there's, why we, need, to we need to crown a winner. I mean, it's like one, it's one matchup. I know, yeah. I know that the advertisements say Chiefs versus Bucks, but it was, it's really Lucas versus Wyatt this week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, well, maybe we can just... Start, let's just start with one of you two then, since your predictions matter. How about you, Lucas? Uh, who do you have winning, and what do you have the score being in, in the case of a tiebreaker? Yeah. Thank you for choosing me first, Bart, because I will stay first all throughout this weekend. <laughs> it is just you pick the Rams. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You pick some bad picks too. In any case, I think the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl by a score of thirty-four to twenty-seven. Mahomes and that offense are unstoppable. Andy Reid's a great coach, but I do think it'll be closer than it might appear, uh, just because Tom Brady in those games plays well, plays up. But I just don't think they have enough to quite beat the Chiefs. So thirty-four twenty-seven. What? Okay, thirty four twenty seven. I'm gonna have to either go way lower than you or way higher than you to kind of really bounce it out. 
But I do think that the Chiefs are also going to win. Uh, I just don't think that the Bucks will be able to outscore the Chiefs. Maybe I should just take the Bucks and really hope for the best. It just doesn't matter about the score. <laughs> but I'm going to go with Chiefs. 27, Bucks. 20. Okay. I'm interested to see. Fair pick. I am going Chiefs over the Bucks, 34 to 24. Uh, I think the Chiefs' defense has played pretty well. And honestly, Tom Brady has not been incredible. Let's be honest. Like, I, he, he really hasn't. And I think I don't think... <laughs> How dare you? Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think the Chiefs' defense... I think their, their Chiefs' defense is actually pretty legit for as much press as the offense gets. So, Chiefs 34-24 for me. Yeah. Um, question on the score. How does How is, like, the score accuracy measured? I feel like I should know this. Very unscientifically. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I just, <laughs> last time I was like, if they score this more than 27 points, I lose. So let's just, let's just, I tried to go a lot lower so that maybe it was a little bit more clear when we come, when we come across that bridge. Oh, interesting. Um, other question. Um, Jer, <laughs> I I believe I am one win away from, if, if both Wyatt and Lucas are wrong and I'm right, I tie with them, correct? Oh, okay. I don't remember. Is that true? <laughs> I yeah, I, I feel like my... you're gonna take the bucks for this reason. <laughs> <laughs> Is that an immoral reason to take the bucks? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. I'm, okay, yeah. I'm checking the stats right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I, yeah, I yeah. Looking... If you picked, if you picked the bucks, then you would all be ten and three, tied for first. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if you want to do the bucks, <laughs> mm-hmm. send it. Yeah. Nah. Mm. Oh, I'm looking. At that. <laughs> no, I'll go for the win. Uh, I'm going. I had 34-28 Chiefs, which was very close to what Lucas said. But you know what? I bet a spur of the moment. I don't know what it's due to, but I just had a feeling right now that the Bucks are going to win 34-28. So Bucks 34-28. Okay. Um, I think Tom Brady steps up in big games. Okay, he's a big game <laughs> player. Let's go. That's awesome. Yeah, I also I have the Chiefs. My, I had written down 31-27. I think it literally might come down to like the last drive. Um, however, I will say this: Jack did mention like the, the Chiefs' tackles are hurt, or at least one of them is. Yeah. Bucks' pass rush is already quite good. Their defense might JPP. do a really good job. Let's and go. also, everything I was reading online said Chiefs, and I feel like it's like it never bodes well for a team when they are completely favored by everybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Brady might just have that chip on his shoulder, you know, because he hasn't won enough yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, this would this would be the greatest accomplishment. Obviously, of his career, potentially by an athlete ever, to be honest. The LeBron three one against the Warriors is pretty good, but like this, this would be pretty darn good. But you just you depends just how much he carries so them, you know. Because the Chiefs much, are so yeah. good, and his first year with a new team at forty three or whatever age mm-hmm. it is. Yeah, that's yeah. All, all. That is yeah. crazy. I do think it'll be close, regardless. I think. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Yeah. All right, uh, let's hop on over and talk about some TV networking. Uh, some other big news recently this week was that, uh, well, there were two pieces of news, actually. One was that NBC Sports will no longer exist at the end of this year. They are transitioning over to the Peacock streaming service, which I had never even heard of before this news came out. Um, uh, I don't know if that's funny. embarrassing or not. No, it's and then not. The second they're they're thing, not that big. Them yeah. and Paramount Plus are going to run the game. <laughs> they had all the Harry Potter movies for free during the month of October. So that's when I, when I started watching Peacock. Oh, okay. Ooh, noted. Noted. They got me hooked. Good reason. Yeah. How did they? How did they get Harry Potter? Anyway, 
Sorry. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they're Warner Brothers, but they're Warner, Warner Brothers, so that makes no sense. It's Warner Brothers cool. Plus, it's coming. Uh, I guarantee you. HBO Max, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like plot holes. In that's true. That's don't, true. Don't think about yeah. it. Yeah. No, a- HBO Max is Warner it's Brothers. Warner. Yeah, no, you're yeah. totally right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Uh, Should we just keep going about this? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the second other thing was that ESPN acquired the rights to college football for SEC specifically, oh. so now they own a lot of college football TV rights. So, Lucas, I know you feel strongly about this. What are what are the implications of you know TV TV network changes like this, and where do you see TV networks going in the future? It really drives me crazy the the fact that all of sports are getting driven to streaming services. Um, I think it makes it so that you have to basically choose which sports you follow and which ones you don't. Um, and not to like romanticize the good old days, and by good old days I mean like twenty seventeen. But I feel like it used to be that like you could just have a normal cable package and watch whatever you want. CBS, ABC, ESPN and its affiliates, or NBC for any college football game. One NFL, CBS, Fox, NBC, or ESPN if it's at night. Basketball, ABC, ESPN, TNT. Yeah. Baseball, Fox, hockey, soccer, NBC Sports. You had your networks for each of them and you could buy in with you know your normal cable packages. But if it goes to streaming services... Yeah, you should not cut the cord in this case because you're just going to be paying for like 15 different streaming services and, it, and it'll be more expensive. But it, you don't have as equitable access to watch games. Jared always says college football isn't fun when it's just a regional sport. And I think the same thing applies here in that it makes sports not necessarily regional in like a mm-hmm. geographic sense, but in like a you have to pick which ones to follow because you can only you don't want to get eight different streaming services. Like if it comes down to it, I'm not going to probably invest in all of them. I'll do peacock to watch notre dame the sixers and liverpool i'll get espn for college football and maybe fox for the eagles but i'm not going to get cbs streaming service i'm not going to get yeah Yeah. it's just really frustrating and it just it sort of i don't know like balkanizes and like separates like all the different sports fans which makes me kind of angry and it also loses the sort of like binding factor that sports have as like a collective experience yeah which really bugs me um I'm going to quote a political science reading I had to do in college from Robert Cutman's Bowling Alone. (laughs) It's a book, I know. It's called Bowling Alone. And it's, the basic idea is that American civil society has really decreased and there's so much polarization because we don't do things together anymore. We go bowling alone. And this is that exact same thing. And think about like all the negative impacts if sports cease to be a collective experience, even in the realm of like social activism. Like, Kaepernick is not on national TV when he does his protest. You see the Bucks walking out of the bubble, bubble. That doesn't happen. And I think it just becomes the same thing over and over. And lastly, East Bank getting all of college football is bad. That monopolies are bad. And them getting this. It's just... Yeah. And them getting this, I also don't think they have the best college football coverage. No, I, I'm glad you said yeah. that because I'm ready. ESPN puts the worst. They have the worst out of all of the major networks. The That's worst true. football yeah. experience out of... I mean, like... I'd rather watch something on Fox and CBS than watch something on ESPN. The fact that ESPN has the SEC, which is the biggest one, it just it makes me sick to my stomach. And if I swear to God, if I have to subscribe to ESPN Plus, I will never watch. Oh my SEC God! <laughs> also, there's there's you nothing on ESPN Plus. Okay, like unless you're an MLS slash like UFC fan who watches a lot of like D two college lacrosse, like yeah. ESPN Plus does not have what you want. That's like the my conclusion. I keep, I keep forgetting to cancel my subscription <laughs> because I subscribed to it early in quarantine so I could watch all the 30s yeah. and then I did. But then it's every good month for that. 
No. And then every month it just gets built, and I'm like, well, I already have it for this <laughs> month, so... <laughs> and I just, you, does it not work if you cancel it? It will let you keep using it through the end of the cycle? Oh, it might. I've never actually yeah. tried, I guess, but... Yeah. Any the, service that doesn't work yeah. that way is annoying. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Here's the thing about the equity in college football, first off, is now, like, I, I think I said this in the headline, headlines doc, and Lucas, you alluded to this. Now, like, that Cincinnati Temple, like, 5 p.m. game... 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern team, Eastern game is either going to be played at like noon or it's going to be flexed to ESPN yeah. Plus. And because they're going to put Alabama, Tennessee, or whoever they're playing, to be honest, mm-hmm. at 8 p.m. now, yeah. the 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. Eastern games. And I think if we talk about the group of five is hurt because of their perception, this is going to hurt the perception even more because they're not yeah. going to be on TV or it's going to hurt the Pac 12 because mm-hmm. all these schools are fighting for, with one yeah. network <clears throat> to get TV time. It's not going to yeah. work. You're not all going to get time. Yeah. If you do want to get time, it's going to be ESPN Plus, and people aren't signing up for that. You yeah. know, people aren't going to sign up for that to watch. I don't know. Some people are, but most co- yeah. college football fans aren't going to. Yeah. One yeah. thing, that, like, I'm not sure that we'll – I'm not sure I agree with the fact that we're going to be, like, losing our collective experience because won't these games – won't, like, CBS, Fox, NBC, ABC games, those will still be available on, like, if you have an antenna, right? Like, you don't need – No. I don't – yeah, so they, they'll stop know, showing I, them on NBC. Like they'll stop showing like college well, football games on CBS. Like what are they going to do? They don't instead? have the rights. CB, ESPN paid more money to have the rights to broadcast. Yo, yeah, yeah, I, I know for SEC games, but for okay. in general, if we're I talking know, about co- like sporting events that are on like basic cable channels, those are available for free if you have an antenna, right? And I'm pretty yeah, sure that remains the same, right? One yeah. one thing I don't know because there hasn't been implemented yet. I know for soccer this year. Um, for the Premier League, and obviously that's less of a mm. league in the United States, but it's still like a relatively big market. Yeah. The Sunday games or and Saturday games too always used to be on NBC. Oh, and they moved and them, a, and a lot of them yeah. they they have like maybe one or two games a week, and then most of them are Peacock exclusives. Now, gotcha, which is yep. really and I don't know the yep. extent to which they do that in the whole sport, but like I've watched a ton less soccer yeah, this year just that, because like yeah. a ton have become Peacock exclusive games, which is really frustrating. Yep. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, no, yeah. So, Aiden, you are right that, like, the NFL, for example, is yeah, mostly going to stay on the broadcast channel CBS, and yeah. and those channels want that because, because here's another thing too: is Amazon Prime, for example, simulcast <laughs> Thursday night football games. They're they're like they're apparently a front runner for to be the exclusive streamers of Thursday night football games. They even had an exclusive game. I think it was the day after Christmas. They they were the only one streaming a game. I can't remember which game it was. It's like Titans, somebody. Mm-hmm. Anyway, networks want ex- want exclusive access to a game because then that's how they charge advertisers a bunch of money because mm-hmm. NFL is the biggest draw. Yeah. And the NFL knows mm-hmm. that. So it's like, okay, if you want to carry our games, you got to pay us $3 yeah. billion. Like Monday night football is expected to be $3 billion for, per year. ESPN has to pay that just, to the yeah, NFL. It's, absurd. It's, it's crazy. So as long as, long as they, they keep exclu- yeah. exclusivity... The networks are going to keep shelling out for that. I'm not sure how long they can keep up, though, because this is another thing. When you look at it, the market, the total value of all their stocks, if you look at Fox, new Fox, without Disney, obviously, $17 billion. Disney, like a big media company, $321 billion. But if Amazon gets in there, they're, they're, all their stocks are <laughs> worth $1.7 trillion. Like they can't, they have way deeper pockets no. than the networks do. That's why I think it's in 15 years, the Super Bowl is going to be on Amazon Prime. I'm calling it. I think you're right. 
Yeah. Um, well, and I do think the NFL is the least hurt by this, at least in the present moment, just because they're the one sport that where every game is consistently on the major networks. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the other sports, just by nature of being less popular, mm-hmm. suffer a bit more. So I do think we'll keep yeah. the NFL as yeah. like a, a collective sporting experience for a while, but I think I agree with Jared that eventually, mm-hmm. 15, 20 years down the line, it falls. As yeah, well. that's fair. Yeah, mm-hmm. I got, I'm a little less scared of... I guess the the str- like in general for TV shows, I'm not happy about the fact that there's gonna be so many different streaming platforms that you feel not obligated, but like would have to pay for to watch some certain show. For sports, though, I I'm a little bit more excited for it just because I'm like I feel like at the moment the streaming service that you have to pay for to get sports is like cable TV, which is very expensive. Like yeah, the but... cheapest packages, if you're paying for like even like like YouTube Live TV or Hulu Live TV, it's gonna cost you sixty bucks a month, and you'd only do that to what, or at least I would only do that to watch sports. There's nothing That's else true. on Live TV that interests me. So if ESPN, for example, like came up with a if they came up with a non you know fake streaming service that they you know not like ESPN Plus one that actually showed what they have, like I would pay you know not sixty bucks a month for it, but like some amount of money like maybe 15 or 20 to have like that section of live sports and so i like i do like i feel like that's something that's missing from streaming at the moment is live sports we're forced to still pay for these stupid live tv packages even though i don't want any of the other channels so i am kind of interested to see where it goes though i i think it's fair to be very suspicious of streaming services given what they've done to the rest of entertainment yeah, the cut the cable movement is so ridiculous because it's pretty much you're cutting the cable and then just going to YouTube and getting cable mm-hmm. because like, that's yep. pretty much all it is. Is like you just you just get these dumb packages, but yeah, I well, mean that's I, just I don't know if YouTube thing. TV is necessarily considered cutting the cable because it is it's essentially <laughs> it cable. cable. Yeah, they were, <laughs> they were, well, I don't know, but I don't know if it's really the cable. But no, Aiden, you do bring up a good point. Is that already what you're paying for? You're basically like ESPN's affiliate rates are like seven times higher than any yeah. other channel you're going to get. Like mm-hmm. you're already basically paying literally yeah. like in the bill, you're paying for live TV basically yeah. just in terms of the percentage of that money. I mean, li- live sports is literally the only thing keeping the legacy networks alive. <laughs> like yeah. I spent like new Fox. I, yeah. All they do is news and sports because <laughs> all their movies are with Disney now. So like, that's all yeah. they do. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. Only reason I watch TV is if I'm yeah, going to watch sports. Exactly. Yeah. And The Bachelor. And The Bachelor. True. <laughs> yeah. Hulu. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hulu works. Oh, but here's, here's another reason why I think the NFL is going to keep going over to Amazon Prime. Is Amazon Prime's more global. Like, they have users in, whatever, 200 different countries, whatever. Yeah. I think... I think they have Prime in like 18 different countries or something. Mm. And like NFL's playing games in London. They're playing games in Mexico. Like they want to be a global brand now and everything. Mm. I think that helps out. I mean, not to say that like Peacock, for example, which is NBC, they could become a global brand as well. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think Amazon Prime just Amazon just has so much more money. Same with Apple. Like people are like Apple TV might come in at some point and do something yeah. as well it's really interesting well, there's they a got lot the of money for it yeah. they have a ton of money yeah so it's like... i mean we'll see what nickelodeon does in the next couple of years <laughs> <laughs> the slime cannon yeah. Yeah. That's, i don't want to honestly that's a too great idea this, but the nfl also is like kind of moving away from exclusivity like they have amazon prime and fox both had thursday night football um 
And now Nickelodeon and CBS had that playoff game. So I wonder if they're just like, we just want the most eyeballs now instead of the yeah. most money. I don't the know. thing is, though, I, I, I still think the most eyeballs, at least at the moment, are on CBS versus Amazon oh, yeah. Prime. Because no Absolutely. one goes on to Amazon Prime. Like, and like I feel like when you turn on TV and you're on CBS, like they get a lot of viewers just from people who turn it on. And they're like, oh, football's on. Cool. Yeah. And I'm not sure if people do that with Amazon Prime. Like during the middle no, of a Sunday that they'd turn on the TV. Maybe they do. That they'd turn on the TV and are like, oh, what should I watch? And they're like, oh, football's on. Like I'm not sure if the same thing, the same sort of passive viewing, I don't think happens with streaming services yet. And I think it doesn't. the CBS or, a, yeah. On Thursday Night Football, Amazon Prime averaged like a million views where hmm. I think it was like 17 million on Fox, something like that. Yeah. So, Or I, I think it was like 14 million, something like that. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah, obviously the broadcast networks definitely get more eyeballs. Yeah. But, yeah. But that might change. Yeah. yeah, but it might change. Yeah, so that's the... Yeah. Anyway, it's it's all really interesting, I think. Yeah. I, I like that yeah, stuff. But... Yeah. yeah. All right, well, let's come close to wrapping it up, I should say. Uh, we have one more... <laughs> One more little section here. I don't know. For those of you real fans, you'll remember Aiden months ago shared some quote-unquote sexy data with us regarding NBA players and uh, the likelihood of their names as far as American-born people were born, at least, right? Yeah. Um, this inspired Lucas, apparently, <laughs> to follow up with some more data. So, Lucas, can you share your incredible insights with us? Yeah, so I was inspired by Aiden, but also by Jared. Yes. We put together a great video on it. You should check it out on our Instagram if you haven't seen already. So Aiden got the name down uh, for how to maximize your likelihood for being an NBA player. Uh, and I wanted to get the place down. Uh, so I have taken the last four months, but by the last four months, I took yesterday, like, between, <laughs> but I took yesterday between, like, finishing work and eating dinner uh, to figure this out. So for the methodology, since players outside the U.S. would be too much, I decided to focus just on American players. Plus, that was also the scope of uh, Aiden's as well. Uh, second, I did the current year because I didn't want to have to like integrate population curves over the history <laughs> of the NBA. <laughs> and it seemed like too much work. So I just did based on the 2020-21 season. Shut up, Siri. Uh, <laughs> anyway... Anyway, so I looked at people, according to Basketball Reference, who had registered minutes in the 2020-21 season, um, which there are 365 American basketball players in the NBA who have registered minutes this year. I also picked their birth state, not where they went to high school, uh, because so many guys play at prep schools and go elsewhere. So to figure this all out, I found out what percentage of NBA players came from each state, and then I found out what percentage of Americans came from each state, and mm -hmm. sort of divided the two of them to see how much more likely you were to be from one from to be in the nba from a state versus being in the nba or versus just being in that state from a general so if you divide the percentage of nba players from a state versus the percentage of people from a state and got two that means you'd have twice as many as expected 0.5 means you'd have half as many as expected um, can we make a I, guess before you get into it by the way Yes, I also, in, in, we can do it with DC or without DC as well. So I, I included that for fun as well. Is that a clue? So, yeah. Yeah, that's a clue. <laughs> oh. All right, so yeah, so, so take a guess. Where, where are you most likely to be a... Uh... Cali. It's got to be Cali. I'm, I know I'm gonna... Cali. Well, actually, no. 
I'm gonna say DC since yeah. you did that DC thing, and then next Virginia. That's my second guess. Yeah. I'm gonna say DC because I would assume that, like, I would assume that cities have more, yeah, like good basketball high schools and such. Mm. Yeah, so I'm gonna say DC, and I guess my second will be let's go to New York. Mm. Okay. The Mecca. So you're correct. You're correct about DC. I don't get to pick. Oh no no no! Oh, no, so no what? Yes, fine, Wyatt. <laughs> Okay, for okay, well, we, let's, we, let's, know it's, we know it's DC. Let's say DC. The, let's just throw it the, out there, random guess. Uh, I'm going to go <laughs> way out of left field and say Chicago. Oh, that's, yeah. Illinois. Yeah, 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 that's, yeah that's fair. That's yeah, what okay. I'm wondering, though. Is like those cities already have a ton of people. New York, yeah, Cali, that's Chicago. What so that's why I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah. So, you're correct. And it, it, everybody's correct. It is DC is number one, if you include DC. It has... 1.37% of current NBA players, but only 0.211% of population. Uh-oh. So it has about 6.5 times more NBA players than you'd expect, which is pretty impressive. Um, but if you're a purist and want to just do states and leave DC out, your top five states are five, Mississippi, which Ooh. has 0.91% of the population, but 1.64% of NBA players. Mm-hmm. Uh for Indiana, living up to its reputation, um, as a be- has a two point oh five percent of the population, but four point one one percent of the NBA. Uh, third is North Carolina, also living up to its reputation, three point two percent of the population, but seven point four percent of the NBA. Whoa, which is crazy. Yeah, seven point four percent of the NBA born in North Carolina. Um, second is Louisiana which has 1.42% of the population, but 3.29% of the NBA. And your number one state uh, where you are most likely to be an NBA player from is North Dakota, which has... Oh, my God. What? <laughs> Surprise. Okay, let's you put a threshold on state population. <laughs> Small sample size. It's which infinite. It's something over zero. There's <laughs> which has <laughs> which has point two three percent of the population, but point five five percent of the NBA. So it's like two point five or two point six times. Interesting. Um, so you know off the top of your head how many total North Dakotans there are? In the yes, NBA? there's there's, two. there's probably about ten of them. There's two. <laughs> <laughs> there's two. So if you want to maximize your chance to be an NBA player. Uh, go to North Dakota, and both NBA players from North Dakota, Tyler Johnson and Doug McDermott, are from Grand Forks. So based on the data, if you are born in Grand Forks, you have about a one in twenty-seven thousand chance of being an NBA <laughs> well, player. What was the name <laughs> as well that we that had, had the highest chance? Jabari. 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 Yeah. So Jabari from Grand Forks. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta um, create this guy in two K. <laughs> <yeah. laughs> so so uh, some other fun data. Kentucky is the closest to expected players. It's 1.3%, mm. 1.36% of the USA and 1.37% of the NBA. Ooh. So Kentucky, really close. 11 states have zero current NBA players. Alaska, Hawaii, Idaho, Montana, Nebraska, New Hampshire, New Mexico, Rhode Island, um, South Dakota, Vermont, and West Virginia have no current NBA players. Wow. So the, um, Northeast, Rhode Island was a the Northeast and West, <laughs> like Midwest, are really bad. Yeah, so, and there is one state in the Union which has never had a single NBA player. Does anybody want to Alaska. 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 Nope. Rhode Island. No, it's Vermont. Vermont has never had an NBA player. Wow. It's because they're all scholars up there, you know? 
They don't, they don't do sports. <laughs> you don't play. <laughs> Just, yeah. So yeah. So if you want to be in the NBA, the the highest likelihood chance you have is living in Grand Forks, North Dakota. That's crazy. That's yeah. That's, that's great. So so all those states with like big populations were probably pretty close to expected then, or yeah. They... I'll I said I'll have the data. It's the spreadsheet's loading right now. Um, it's a bad opportunity. In terms, <laughs> so New York was 19th, so like right middle of the pack. It was yeah. sl- slightly higher than expected, 1.02. Mm. Um, what else? Illinois. Illinois was pretty high. Illinois was ninth. Um, th- uh, it was 1.63. Uh, California was 22nd. Okay. And Florida was really bad. It was 37th. Really, it's a football state. Yeah, it's, it's it, it, it had the fourth lowest score of any state to register a score. Yeah, who was the lowest state of the ones to like have a player? Uh, Colorado. Yeah, Colorado, <laughs> like, uh, the, the Rocky, out. like the mountain yeah. region. Yeah, to, yeah, north yeah. to south. Just exactly. you can't find a flat piece of ground to play basketball. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Colorado has one N- has a single NBA player, so it is 027 percent of the NBA. But Colorado has one point seven percent of the population. Oh wow, that's bad. Point one five six. So pretty crazy. Hey, that is Notice. some sexy yeah. data. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Know where to move and what to name your kid. It's, it's yeah, I don't know what's down. left. Yeah, last names. Jabaria Parker. Whoa, yeah, I'll change my career. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you, everybody, for listening. That's it for us this week. Uh, please, as always. Look out for us on social media, on our Instagram, on our Twitter at uh, hashtag you thought sport, I believe. And mm-hmm. uh, we have a TikTok now. Watch out there for, for some more fun, fun content, such as Jared's video on NBA player names. Uh, and yeah, we'll be back next week. We got the Super Bowl coming up this week. So, so definitely some exciting stuff to talk about. So see you next week, everybody.